You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Join Karen Rizzo as she shares her true and inspiring stories of angel encounters and their divine messages. As an established author, spiritual coach, medium, and public speaker, her desire is to inspire others and to remind us we are all one, guided, divinely loved, and never alone. Karen will inspire you to shine your lights brighter than ever to align you with your soul. The time for belief and healing begins now. Here's Karen. to the Law of Attraction Network, Lights Up with Karen Rizzo. That was She Hates the Color Yellow by Anita Lynn. I can't hear that song without crying my eyes out, so please bear with me. With me today 
My first guest on my podcast is Anita Lynn. All right, so before we begin our interview with Anita, for those who don't know the story, I hated the color yellow. Real quick, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you the story real quick. Why did I hate the color yellow? Well, my dad abused me as a young girl, if you don't know the story, blah, blah, blah. I used to wear pajamas and a robe to, be- a robe to bed. I couldn't wear anything cute like most adolescent girls. I had an adorable yellow silk nightgown with a duck on it. I don't know. It was adorable. I always wanted to wear it, but I couldn't. I kept it rolled in a ball in the back of my pajama drawer. I would take it out occasionally, take it out, try it on. I loved it so much, but I'd take it off, roll it back up and hide it again. I began to hate, resent the color of what I couldn't be the color yellow, the color of sunlight. I wore a lot of black, a lot. It became a joke to my family because I grew up kind of a punchline. No color, that's Karen, she's always in black. I used to attribute it to being Italian or the fact that black was slimming or the fact that we just love Johnny Cash. So that's the backstory. I hated the color yellow. I felt repressed, I wanted to love it but I just couldn't do it. So now you know, let's get to the important part of the show. Anita Lynn and this amazing song and the amazing story behind it. Please welcome Anita Lynn, my friend, singer, songwriter, and established author. Anita, my dear friend, welcome to Lights Up. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad to be your first guest on your amazing show. And I want to be the first to congratulate you on air because it's wonderful. Thank you. And you're doing some important work here. Well, I And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, I knew when I got this show that I wrote a list of guests out that I would have eventually. And your name was the very first one. So because everything (laughs) starts with you, my healing, my journey starts with you. So as I usually do all the talking on this show, I am actually <laughs> going to turn it over to you. And what I would like to you to share with the audience is how this all happened. First of all, we'll talk about the song in a little bit, but I want you to explain to the audience how we know each other and, and kind of what happened, because this is a true and amazing story. It's a true story. It's a true story. So Karen and I knew each other. We knew each other through work, worked for different companies, but we'd work on a large program uh, once a year together. So it would go on for a couple months and um, we formed a a light friendship. It was, it was a a good friendship when we talked to each other, but we didn't talk to each other outside of work. And then uh, we ended up running into each other at a grocery store when we had stopped working together. And we would say, oh, we should, we should grab something to eat. So we went out to lunch a couple of times. And I think it was about the third time we went out to eat. You had, and I had you lost started my job. opening up. Yeah, I had lost my and job. And you had lost your job. Yeah. Right. right. And, and you started opening up about what had happened to you as a child. And you weren't direct. I mean, we'd, we'd kind of gotten to know each other. But at this time, um, you really started saying something that you weren't extremely direct about it, but you started talking about it, about the abuse a little bit. And I was um, glad you would open up to me, but when you started talking about it, for some reason, the song came into my mind. And um, 
I, I just remember sitting across from you, Karen, when you were talking to me and I thought, I have got to send her this song. I don't know what it was telling me. You'll tell me now what it was telling me, <laughs> but I was just thinking, I got to send Karen this song. And I don't know why, because we weren't like, now we're very close, but back then we were, we'd see each other maybe a couple times a year. You know, we right. weren't like best buds. We wouldn't talk all the time right. or text right. or anything. So it was just that moment that you just opened up that little bit more uh, that really uh, changed our whole friendship. Um, but also uh, something just told me to send you that song. And, and I, remember, I remember telling you, I'm gonna send you a song, but I want you to not listen to it until you're yes. at home and you have time to listen to it. Don't listen to it in your car. You can't Don't, listen, Don't to listen to it, to it now. I did. I remember leaving the restaurant too with you and we were outside. I'm like, I'm serious, Karen. Don't. Cause I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know. Cause some people, when they go through a trauma like that, they, they don't want it to touch them because it's too fresh. It's too, I mean, it could be 15 to 50 years old and it's still too sensitive. You know, it's like an open nerve. So I didn't really know how you'd react, but I just, you know, was being pushed <laughs> to, to send it to you. And, uh, and your reaction was amazing. When you called me sobbing. Wait, let me, let me stop you, you here. Okay, so go I, on. I took my phone, I went home and I, I listened to what you said. I ran some errands and I went home and I lit some candles because I knew, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew something was about to happen. And I remember like closing the blinds and lighting a candle and sitting on the floor and taking a deep breath and I hit play. And I think I, I stayed on the floor for probably 35 minutes or an hour. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it was, what can I say? I mean, it was overwhelming. It was direct from, from an angel. It was exactly, exactly what I needed to hear that day. And when I, when I peeled myself off the floor, like an hour later, I wrote the introduction to my first book because of that song. That's so, amazing. Then I contacted you and probably gushed and cried. And, <laughs> I know. You know, um, I wrote that song with Donna Opfer. Uh, we co-wrote it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember when you did call me and you were telling me about the color yellow. It wasn't just the experience that you had as a child right. as right. the person in the song did. Right. It was the fact that it was attached to your childhood and the color yellow that yeah. I'm still getting chills and it's years <laughs> later that blew my mind. I think it blew Donna's mind Yeah. Um, because it's so specific. And as, as a songwriter and a writer, um, you know, a lot of times we're, we're, we're using empathy to write these characters. Like that never happened to me and that never happened to Donna. But when, when you're writing and you're, you're really, I think we just have an open nerve for empathy so when you're writing this, you're really putting yourself in that position in a way. And, um, and when you're a writer, I'm not a very famous writer. I'm, I'm hoping someone will cut one of my songs someday and it'll be on the radio or, you know, I've, I publish my own books as well. And I'm Absolutely. hoping someday something will happen for that. And I'm born to be a writer, I know, but for Absolutely. to know that a song the way I look at it is Donna and I had met a couple years earlier to write that song. And I believe we wrote it for you. I honestly, truly believe that that song was specifically because written I for that minute in that diner. Story. 
Anita, I never told anybody that story. I never told anyone about the yellow nightgown. Nobody, nobody, no one in my family, none of my friends, nobody knew. Only my angels knew. That's amazing. What that color. Yeah. Because I wanted to love it, but I couldn't. Yeah. And so what is. Yeah, you couldn't go near it. No, I, I, I could barely look at the sun. I couldn't look at anything yellow. It's almost like I had a, a an aversion to it. It was almost like I, it was like a, a more than I could ever handle if I see something yellow. And I couldn't explain it to anybody. Yeah, so like- I, I would love to it know. Would, it would have made you go. Yeah. And when I had I was to, just to say, it, working, would, it was, it would have made you open a door you weren't ready to open. Right. And when I started working on energy and chakras and the color yellow was, is the solar plexus. That's about confidence. And I knew that I had to start working with blues for communication and yellows. I was like, I'm not working with the color yellow, man. I hate the color yellow. I don't think you know how much I hate the color yellow. And it was like, my guides were like, yeah, we do know about the color yellow and we're sending someone to help you with that. <laughs> and you began the healing process for me. And I know I've told you this a million times, but yeah. I could never, I could never thank you enough for what you've done for me, how you started the process. So you, so why the color? Well, yellow? now you're doing I, the hard work. <laughs> So a lot of help. Donna lot and of I, help. so when you get together, yeah, I, I had this hook, uh, we call a hook, you know, the hook of the song. And I had this hook. She hates the color yellow in my writing folder for over a year, probably a couple years. And I had, I'd sit down and try to write it in my mind. It was maybe, you know, somebody crossed the double yellow line and a drunk driver killed her family. Or, you know, I kept spitballing all these things to myself and it wasn't working. So Donna and I actually, this was unique because normally we would write, we could, we would write over the computer or we would meet in Nashville to write. Um, we just, her husband happened to be, uh, she's from St. Louis. I'm from Chicago. Her husband was going somewhere, uh, in Champaign, Illinois, which is, you know, in between us. So Donna said, well, Hey, let's get together and write. So we, I drove down there, she drove up and we just met in like the lobby of a hotel and, and to write. And we were throwing hooks back and forth and nothing was sticking. We were talking for a while. And then finally I said, you know, I've been working on this thing for a long time and I don't know what it is. And I, I told her it's, she hates the color yellow. And we just started talking about why someone would hate a color. And it just ended up there. It ended up just childhood abuse, sexual abuse. And, and it was really, and we just talked a lot. It didn't happen to either of us though, which was amazing, but it's that empathy. It's that knowing that it's happening to someone right now. And a lot of people, um, it, it's, it's, it gets you. So, um, we just, we wrote it and, um, we, we spent a lot of time. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't one and done. We didn't finish it in a day. I mean, it was, took a lot of, a lot of uh, work, but, um, you know, that, that's what it was. It was just us working on a hook and it just naturally went there. And I only have to say, Karen, it's the color yellow because of you. I've never, I've had people come up to me after I've performed and they've come up to me afterwards and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happened to you. Or, uh, you know, different songs will affect people differently. Um, But something so very random and specific, it just kind of freaks me out. (laughs) And they say there's nothing random. There are no coincidences, (laughs) but there are literally all the colors of the rainbow and you had to pick my color. Because yeah. it was always meant to be. We, like I say, we, 
like you said, we knew each other when we worked together. We would, we really traveled the, the country together. How many shows mm-hmm. did we do together? So many. Yeah. And I always yeah, many years. see you in the big, uh, you know, in the big rooms and you'd be setting up all the equipment. And I never knew that you were a writer. I never knew you wrote songs. I never knew you sang. I never knew you were an author. I mean, you, you blew yeah. me away. You were an author. How many, how many books have you written? You have written, I mean. Well, I have six published right now, but I've probably written about 10, but there's some that will never, never see the light of day. But that was like my hobby. And I'm very bad at, in my professional day job life, I'm very bad at talking about, I've had other people say that to me after like 10 years. Like, I didn't know you write books. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's my hobby. But I'm just really bad at putting it out there, I guess. There's so much. So we never talked about it, which is kind of funny. We never talked about it. Um, no, never. And we, we always, yeah. we always talked. So what is the difference yeah. between the process? Is it different writing a song versus writing a book? What's the, where's the, that you process? know, writing a book to me is really cathartic because I can, I, I have as many hundreds of pages as I want to with those characters. Um, and it's really hard. It's a very arduous task because honestly, there's songs that I've written in less than an hour. Um, that it's taken me to write a song and it's hard for, it's hard for me to write a book in less than a year. So it's a different difficulty task. The songs, the characters are a little more difficult because you only have about three minutes, uh, three to four minutes to get your story across and you really have to rein yourself in. So for the music, you have to be very specific with every word and I know in books you should be as well, but you have a lot more leeway with the character and with the story. I mean, if I wrote this as a book, it would be 230 pages long and it would be the whole story, you know, but you're writing those books now as, as nonfiction books. Cause it's your life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. and you, and you've written, you know, about yourself. It's different for me. I'm writing fiction. So I'm always writing, um, just fictional characters that I pull from things I see or things I daydream about. I've, you know, I have a friend who always laughs and says, you know, I have a whole planet in my head and it's true, <laughs> but you You're know, writing I, somebody's life, you know, what? I, I know, honestly, I've had people, I, I was performing once in a writer's round and I had forgotten my friend Jules was adopted and she was performing and she was next in the round. She was next in the writer's round. And I played a song about a, a woman who gives her child up for adoption Oh no! and Jules starts crying and I'm like, Oh no, I like, it was like a new song and I wanted to play it. I wanted to share it. And, and then, you know, when I'm done, she's like, really Anita? Like, she's like, I can't sing right now, you know, but it, it's funny. It's you really just get into it. And, you know, one thing I think about when I listen to your podcast, Karen, um, is that, I feel like for a lot of years, you know, when you see a movie like about asteroids and then like another one or two movies comes out about asteroids and you think, oh, everyone in Hollywood is talking to each other. But then you hear, then I hear a song on the radio and I think, you know, I I was thinking about that a year ago. And I really feel like as a, as a writer, we're kind of like radio antennas kind of picking up frequencies Absolutely. and we grab what we grab and we let go of what we let go of. And I know when I hear you talk on your podcast about like spirits and things that I think that's that radio frequency. Exactly. And I think we're in a place in, in the world, in humanity that we need healing, you know, and it's not just, you know, this country or the, but this is a time for humanity to heal and creativity is so healing. 
and and there's there's the the songwriters and the the choreographers like the creativity right now i think is flowing is off the charts everybody is, is being hit by these shifts in the universe and every you see so many people writing and so many people inspired right so let's mm -hmm. talk about that inspiration yeah. what inspires you like you're so crazy <laughs> You're so crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> so crazy. I'm just crazy. Blow me away. And I do want to tell, talk to the audience about um, we're in a mastermind class that you started. So we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. But I want to talk about where you get inspiration. Like, are what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Karen, you know how you, you say you have voices in your head? Like, <laughs> I have voices in my head too. It's just different. So, I so don't, there. I'm not channeling, you know, so I don't like know. You are channeling. Sure. Sure. And that's where, just say yeah, and, yeah, we're all so channeling. That's, we're it. all channeling. <laughs> we're all channeling, but you know me like, so, and maybe you, you could talk about this for a second too. Like you, I've spoken to you, to you about this before. You know, I am uh, a spiritual person and I believe in God as you do. Um, but when it comes to the spiritual world, I do get creeped out. And I know I've talked to you about this yeah, before yeah, that, yeah. that I'm like, I, I don't look over there. Like I just <laughs> can't go there now. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have that extra empathy gene as a writer. And you know, but like people have picked on me, like, Oh, you can't watch a scary movie. And I'm like, it's not always the movie itself. It's where my mind is taking that person. Like if you think they're a serial killer and they've killed 13 people. Well, while I was watching the movie, they killed 39 other people, you know? So it's, yeah, that's the that's the creativity. And it sometimes it's what people say, or something I just see, because I, I don't, I, I guess I'm people watching, but something I learned about myself is that my brain's got like a file cabinet in it. And I've always written, I, I started writing when I was when I could write, my mom has given me uh, a book of poems I wrote when I was like six or seven, you know, and half the words are misspelled, but I've always written in high school, I wrote poems for myself. And I wrote my first book as a junior in high school, just as an assignment, an English assignment. And I really enjoyed it. And it was horrible. And it was probably 100 pages. But that kicked me off to writing the next book I started, which was when I got out of high school that I started the next one. So the creative creativity has always been there. I love characters. I love just getting into the characters and what motivates them and, and, and incidents of like what pushes them to do why they do things they do. And sometimes they don't even know why they do things they do. Um, and the re repercussions of that, I just find characters interesting. And I never really realized, but my, my mind is kind of taking a tally of all these habits. I remember one time um, I had said something out loud about someone and someone else looked at me and said, how did you know that? And I'm like, oh, well, they always do that when this is about to happen. Like, I didn't even know that was a big awakening for me because I, it's not like I'm stalking these people. It's just that my brain is filing these things away of these habits and mannerisms of people. And it's just, I'm noticing patterns and things. Um, so that's what inspires me. And that's, that's why, and I, you know, I enjoy spending time with my characters because you know what, they make me laugh too. And they make, they make me cry too, you know? They're, they're personal to me too. So much humanity. You know? And, and I, I've always said, like, when I start writing, I could feel energy around me. I feel them. I feel them touching me. I feel them touching my back. I feel them on my feet all around me. And I have always been of the mind that, you know, 
when you're writing, you 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 might have John Lennon sitting next to you whispering <laughs> in your ears. I'm telling you, that's how inspiration works. When Prince passed away, I felt Prince around me all the time. I was so connected to Prince. I wrote about this in my last book. I loved Prince. I always did. I was so inspired by him. But it wasn't, and I didn't know what attracted me to him. There was something so uh, uh, uh like spiritual, I didn't know he was a spiritual person until after he passed. And I'm like, no wonder he was so inspirational. And I felt him around me all the time after he passed. When I went to work every day, I was wearing purple every day. And everyone at work was laughing at me. They're like, what, what are you in mourning? And I said, I didn't know I had so much purple. I, I would take something out and another, something else purple would appear. I didn't know I had it, but I felt so much inspiration. And I know that inspiration comes from those that inspire and and it that can come those radio waves are inspiration and it's those antennas when you get into the groove you know when you get into the groove and you start writing and you can't stop and it's flowing that's that energy that keeps you going and then do you ever when you finish a song or a book do you ever sit back and go who wrote that (laughs) i read my stuff and i go you know that i didn't write that you know i've been writing for probably 30 years, like books. Um, I started, I wrote my first song in 1993. Um, so I've been writing for a long time and I don't look at it and say who wrote it. Um, but I, I always remember this interview with Winona Judd and I think she was on Oprah back in the day. And I always wanted, back then I wanted to be the next Winona, you know, cause I performed a lot and I, I, I really just wanted to be like a country singer and this was in the 90s when country was so huge. And I remember Winona Judd saying on Oprah that um, she she was wondering when people would realize that she was a sham because she was just writing what God put in her. Exactly. And, and that was really kind of sad to hear. But I saw Winona Judd um, two years ago or two and a half years ago in Chicago at the city winery. And she still kind of felt that way. And so I think to take a lesson from her, no, I don't feel like who wrote that most of the time when I get inspired sometimes I'm driving in my car I love the voice recorder on my phone I used to carry around one of those mini cassette recorders uh all the time with me because I'd want to dictate what I what what I was thinking or what was kind of coming to me I don't I don't wonder like who wrote it but sometimes um thoughts come to me or ways I'm gonna put things together in a story and I think wow like that's cool. How did I even think of that? You know, so those are the moments that I have like, wow, I remember uh, I wrote a young adult trilogy and I remember uh, I had written the first book as a standalone and it's like a medieval fantasy where it's like, you know, she's in a castle and she's uh, a girl that's um, been raised as a boy because the king needs an heir to a throne. So nobody knows she's a girl. So, and this was, I started that book 14 years ago. So it was before everything that's going on right now in society. Um, but, uh, I remember someone, a couple of people were saying, I got to know what happens to those two characters. Do they get together? I got to know, I got to know. So I thought, okay, I'll write a trilogy. I'll, I'll write another couple books, but how am I going to make this happen? I mean, she's a girl and she's got a crush on a boy, but she's pretending to be a boy. And this is like medieval times. Like how could they possibly get together? And I remember it was Easter and I was having my big family over and I was, we were getting the house ready and I was pulling the Polish sausage out of the oven. And I was like, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. Um, 
And I was like, boy, and I wasn't even thinking about it at the time, Karen. I was thinking about like the next five things I had to do in the next 10 minutes before 30 people showed up. So sometimes it just, you're kind of marinating and it's right. just kind of there. Right. Um, but I have to say, you know, those, those dreams of grandeur of wanting to be the next Winona, you know, I did move to Nashville. I lived there for a year, um, performed a lot when I was there and realized when I was there that I'm a writer. I love, I love performing as well but I'm not a, uh, a radio type person. Uh, you know, I'm not that I'm not, I don't glam up. I I'm, you know, I'm not the recording artist type of person, although I do like to record my own songs. Um, but that's okay because, you know, instances like that breakfast with you, Karen, it's not about being a, this big known person. Um, it's about that one person that it affected yeah. so much. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, so many people have so many different soapboxes they can just stand on and scream to the world and, and scream at each other and the anger and the angst people have. It's, I think some of it's because they're not really connecting with each other. They're just kind of screaming into the wind. Um, and for me, I don't scream into the wind anymore. I know, I know I'm here. I'm a happy person. Yeah, um, yeah. Spent a lot of years um, honing my happiness, I guess. And, and, uh, and it's, I know why I'm a writer now. It's funny that you mentioned Winona because before you mentioned her name, I thought she would be the perfect person to perform this song. Well, Couldn't man, I would love her? it. Couldn't you just I would see love her? It. Okay. So if anybody out there is listening and knows Winona, John, <laughs> or knows how we can get to Winona, I think this would be, I could, I would love to hear wow. her sing this song, right? You know, I know no, I thought I, of that before. Really, but... Even before you said her name, I was like, I think this is a Winona song. She's very raw. Like her, yeah. a lot of the, the writer or the performers at that time too, like a Reba McIntyre, where they just really get into their character, the characters of the music that they perform. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> okay. We're going to put that wonderful. out there to the universe. Cause you know, this is a law of attraction network. This is where miracles happen, girl. So, um, Anita, let's talk about how people can find you. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I, per, you know, if you want to hear um, The Color Yellow uh, performed by me, you're going to have to listen to Karen's podcast again, this podcast, because it's the only place you're going to hear it right now. Yep, absolutely. Um, but if you want to hear the demoed version that Jason Eustace did um, in Nashville, if you want to hear the version Karen heard for the first time, yeah. uh, that is at anitalin.com slash yellow. And it's A-N-I-T-A-L-I-N.com backslash yellow. And you can go listen to the song there. Um, and yeah, that's the it's version that you heard. Yeah. And it's, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Sometimes when I need a good cry for real, like a good, you know, like a good cleansing cry, I go on YouTube and I just type it in and I yeah. have to cry. So oh, there you um, go. Yes. So and then I write my books uh, are an, under Anita Renahan. It's uh, R-E-N-A-G-H-A-N. And um, I've got the young adult trilogy. I've got a sweet romance book out there. I've got, um, you know, like a breakfast club on wheels where there's five 20 somethings in a car in the middle of the night going somewhere kind of a book. And uh, right now I'm just actually on the third draft of a book uh, about a woman who loses her child. And ends up in the Midwest in a small town, Sycamore, Illinois. You know it, Karen. Yep, yep, um, yep. And uh, she has she she's restarting her life because she's lost her most precious thing. So um, that's been this has been a really difficult book to write. Um, but I just 
it just was like, it was the thing to do next. You know, I look at the 10 ideas I have marinating and I'm like, you know what? That's yep. the one that that's the one. So I want to, I want to congratulate you on your podcast oh, and, thank and you. your books, Karen. Well, and I want to, you thank started you. it all. I would attribute everything to you and your beautiful song. And thank you for listening when you wrote it. And thank you for having being my friend and for having lunch with me that day, or thank you for, for taking the, you know, the courage to say, Hey, Karen, I'm going to send you something and don't listen to it until later. Cause you changed my life. And I'm forever grateful to you, my dear friend. Um, I would love to have you on again because I want to talk about our mastermind class and, and how we meet once a month, but we'll get to that the next time. And I want to thank you so much for being on my show and for this beautiful song, Truly Changed My Life. Thank you so much, Anita. Thanks, Karen. I appreciate it. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Lights Up. Thanks for listening to Lights Up with Karen Rizzo. Please join us next week for another great show. If you have a question to ask on her show, please visit her website at karenrizzolightsup at gmail.com.